Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the Scummy Mummies Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And we have, all the way from Australia listener, Michelle Laurie. Hello, thank you for flying me here just for this. This is I amazing. Mean, we're totally big budget now, Michelle. I know, the hotel yeah. is stunning, thank you. I'm sorry it was easy, Jet, but you know, <laughs> that is a long time for 24 hours, but you know, yeah. you're here now, that's, yeah, that's what right. matters. I yeah. had to stand the whole way. Yeah, yeah. well, that, apart from that three-week layover in Qatar, yeah. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> Got a little break then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's nice. Yeah. Just eating her body weight in little packets of nuts. She'll be fine. Yeah, she'll, she'll be, be fine. fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. Anyway, Michelle Laurie. I'm sorry about my voice. My, I've just come from such a hot climate. I know this is a, a complete cliche, but I, I've, my body's gone into shock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so cold here at, this, at the moment. It was 43 degrees when I left Melbourne, and now it's like... Very cold. How cold? cold. <laughs> How yeah. many zero degrees? And I've got blisters on my feet because I haven't worn shoes in two months, and now I'm wearing boots and... I'm out of control. Like Michelle, a... I know it was a long flight, but you're not Scott of the Antarctic. I know. You know I, I mean? know, I feel Honestly, like I am, it's not that bad. It's uh, <laughs> like the bad. gods must be crazy. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And is Predamanger really that great? Do we need that many of them? <laughs> so many questions. Is that how you say it? Predamanger? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're doing hey, great. Your French accent's better than hers, mate. It's so great. Yeah. Predamanger. Yeah. For a sanger. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think it's obvious that Michelle is from Australia. Yeah. Um, and she's also a comedian, a presenter, a podcaster, an amazing supporter of charities, mother of twins, basically an Aussie legend. So thank you for choosing us as the podcast that you were coming to. I mean, you are doing others, but let's not promote No, this, this is the main outlet. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Today. Thank you for having me. No, it's exciting. You were the only ones who responded to my email. And I tried to make it cute. But and like friendly, but also say, hey, but I am entertaining. You know, mm. did I hit those marks? Yeah. Okay. So, listener, um, Michelle Laurie is one of my heroes, and so <laughs> it was like like Beyonce running to you, like I don't know, I've done some work singing. Here's some of my stuff, yeah. and like it wasn't like you went, hey, I'm a really big deal, which you are, um, and you're really lovely about it. And then I was like in capitals to Ellie with all the exclamation, like Michelle Laurie, what's to come on our podcast? It was yeah. very exciting. So very thank you. Beyonce like. Yes. You're so right. Right. Yes, yes very. it was. You are the Australian Beyonce. Yes, it's it's so we are Kelly and Michelle. Yes. <laughs> I'm ready for your jelly. Uh, that's for later. Mm. Um, so we're going to have you on the podcast to talk about your book, but also lots of other things that we're going to just kind of pick pick off you like right. monkeys. <laughs> 
that's a nice great. image. Yeah, yes. it's good. We're going to groom you. Yes. Oh, yes. that's a nice phrase oh, as well. Nice. Just don't throw your shit at me. Oh, yes. well, you know, well, let's see how it. much wine okay. we're going to drink later. But we wanted to talk, talk to you, obviously, about Buddhism as well, because you are the official ambassador. Maybe you should say this, because it is a grand well, title. I'm actually, not anymore. That's changed. And now I'm on the board. I'm a board member for His Holiness the Dalai Lama in Australia. You're a Buddhist board member? I'm a Buddhist. We have boards. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm on the board of Buddhism. And, how, does that, um, how does that go? Uh, you know, it's pretty chill. Yeah. Um, a lot of incense. It smells good. Um, not a lot of meat. Um, <laughs> you know, on not the old... Not a the barbecue. No, 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 no. Not a lot of meat platters going around at the meetings. But um, no, it's great. Oh, do, you, awesome. do you have like board meetings then with yeah. the Dalai Lama? Does he like a, does he like a flip chart? Does he, he like an infographic? In. He, he Skypes in. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't Skype in. No, no, no. no. Dalai no. underscore Lama Rama. There we go. No, he just kind of says what he reckons and then it filters down to the various organisations around the world and we organise his visits. Where does he stay? Does he like a premier in? Um, he quite I'm, monastic, I feel like. Yes, I know. It's very it would be appropriate. Yeah. Is it? I don't know what a premier Those is. Those bed runners are quite like prayer stars. <laughs> I think it's... A premier is like a, is like a, a cheap but... Um, uh, very comfortable hotel. Yes, I would yes. Say. Holiday yes. Inn. Budget. Like, budget. budget. Yeah, yeah. A very have, standard three star hotel. Does range. it have a door to the bathroom or is the shower in the same room as the bed? It does have its own like bathroom. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's not like your Ibis where there's a weird plastic pod. Okay. It's got yeah. a separate yeah. room. Well, I'm happy to rubber stamp that on behalf of the board. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there we go. Michelle is putting Dalai Lama, yeah. the Dalai Lama in a premiere in next Look, time he comes. No, he Britain. always he always stays in a five star hotel because people donate it, you know? The, no. ho- the hotels and treat him nice yeah they yeah. want to treat him nice so he always stays in a beautiful place and um whirls around he's like you know when naomi campbell walks and her hair just always gets air tyra banks says she just gets air in her hair yeah his holiness always gets hair in his robes yeah it's amazing it's just <laughs> like, woof, woof. he hasn't got a personal wind machine behind no, it no it's just his his, his walk it's, it's like natural na- natural yeah, kind of like naomi's walk it's just something that's a talent oh, and yeah. you've met him yes I had lunch with him once, him and Ian Thorpe. Well, that's a threesome. Do you know who that is? The no. Thorpedo? He's a he's a, a big gay swimmer oh. from our nation. And, yeah. um, and he's a national treasure and we love him very much. And, uh, yeah, so I, I had and, – and he wanted to talk to His Holiness about um, – I don't even remember. I don't, didn't understand it. It was like – Physics. Oh, no. no. Yeah. All right. And I was like, yeah, but how's your cat? (laughs) Because His Holiness has a very nice old cat, and I wanted to check in on it. Yeah. Um, Cat chat's better than physics chat. chat. Every time. Dalai Lama's cat has a book. All right, we'll put that in the podcast notes. I mean, mm. sounds sounds amazing. Good cat, <laughs> yes. Bloody so, top cat. So I've been doing a bit of background research, and apparently, you are into RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. true crime, and meditation. I think we should get married. Yeah, <laughs> those are like three of my top things. Are they really? Yeah, and then um, true crime. So you've actually have you got a true crime podcast? podcast? Yeah, Australian true crime. Oh man. Yeah. So. Um, it's intense yeah. and we have guests every week so we'll talk to like a detective about a case dude i heard one where you talked to john bonnet ramsey's dad that happened yeah yeah he's not a hard guest to get <laughs> you should re- <laughs> his, of an yeah you should really just just ask i don't know with 
he's the right fit. That, Close. Was that doing that for you? Are you quite nervous? I'd be quite nervous about it. I think no, um, he because he was super friendly right. and really um, outgoing. And it was after just after that big new series was on TV where they said, look. The brother did it, but this American show went through all the mm. all the evidence and said this is it. Burke did it, so his dad was quite eager to speak to that and say no, he didn't. And uh, yeah, so he was really friendly, really great. But let's yeah. go, let's go back, man. Let's go back to sure. the start. Michelle. Yeah. Sure. How did all this begin? How did you get involved with comedy? Like, what made you want to get up there and tell um, jokes? Oh well, it's, I had such a funny experience today because I got a bus a bus to Marble Arch, and I remembered. The first sort of stand-up thing I ever did was at high school. My drama teacher gave me this thing, and it was a lady carrying on about wanting to get a bus to Marble Arch. Stop it. No, I swear to God. And I did it in, like, the Year 12 concert. And it was really funny, and I got a huge reaction, and I I got the bug that day. And Mm. I'd forgotten about that until today. So, um, yes, got the bug, and then at, like, 17. um, But I was 20 before I did my first gig. Mm. So... That's a long, boring story, but it, um, yeah, I just went and tried it and thought I'd do it once, but I found it really easy. Mm. So I just kept doing it. No, because I went to a thing called Jeez Louise. And yeah. Were, and so Michelle was one of the, like the, the, what would you call? Like the, well, it's a conference for women in comedy. Mm. I just remember one of the lines you said, oh, you said, oh, I like to just chat to the audience. And you said, I like to say, be in the lady in the front row. Oh, that's a low top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's an interesting decision, but good on you. Yeah. <laughs> good. But you're nasty, but then flick it straight around. So you're like, oh, but yeah, I mean, clearly that was bitchy, but you know, <laughs> but good on you. No, yeah. I think it's great. No. I'm sure everyone else thinks that it's mutton dressed as lamb, but I think it's wonderful. <laughs> a woman of your age would wear... A top like that, I really do. <laughs> so my, my dear friend Darren, sometimes if I like, text him a joke or a, a silly line, he'll just write back, I don't care what they say, you've still got it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, thanks, Same, yeah. thanks. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> oh, so you, you started the stand-up and obviously, did you, you're, you're originally from Queensland. Yes, which is hot, it's north, it's very um, backward and they won't, well they probably will mind my saying that, but who cares, I'm here. Yeah, um, that's what I say yeah, now. Yeah, no, I always say that. And um, it was very racist and all of those things and so I wanted to get to Melbourne, which yes. is a very progressive city. Mm. And you started doing like solo women shows and doing lots of stuff. Yeah, tell us about your show, The Hall Whisperer. What was it? <laughs> that was about a little break, a sidestep I took from comedy and I worked as a receptionist in brothels, oh. which are legal in Melbourne. Are they legal here? Uh, no. Okay. So they're legal in Melbourne. There's lots of rules around them, but they're legal. And so for about two years, I ran brothels and then wow. wrote a show about it. How was that? It was great. Really? Yeah, it was great until I turned on it, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, got again, just got really mean with men who came to the door. I set a, a Doberman on a man once at the front door of a brothel. I kicked another man so hard up the ass he, he left the ground, his body left the ground, <laughs> because he <laughs> was drunk. So they're just annoying, yeah. you know, just drunk idiots at your door at four in the morning, you're tired. And... Well, this, I'd imagine that'd be quite a scary job. Like, you nah. must deal with some real loons, don't you? You do, but I think the stand-up helped. I was very confident yeah. and uh, all good at portraying Did you confidence. hear the one about the horny old man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good at portraying confidence because I emceed a lot. Do you call yeah. it emceeing or comparing? Yeah, emceeing, yeah. Cool. So um, I was used to dealing with people, I guess, and kind of... Sh- shutting them down so mm. I just did a lot of that in the doorway 
Mm. And how did that work? So you, so you were like a in a brothel with. What? I, I've never. She doesn't know what a brothel is. I, I, I've never. I've ne- can talk us through a brothel. Okay. <laughs> sure. Never, I've never said that. Well, the first brothel I worked in was a transsexual brothel. You would have loved it. Oh, babe. yeah. <laughs> babes, babes, babes. Babe, you would have loved it. It was so fabulous. And... Oh my god! Did you get a lot of blokes coming in going? Oh, I want a woman. I definitely want a woman. I mean, with a penis, but I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not gay. I'm not gay though. Lots of not gays. Yes, lots of penis. I'm not gay. Yeah. And the girls would say the first thing they do is go for your cock. The more. They protest about not being gay downstairs. The faster they go for your cock. <laughs> I just had this vision upstairs. of the guy walking with a t-shirt saying not gay. Yeah. Like, Hello, I'd like to sleep with a lady person. Mm. Penelope. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. It was fabulous. And lots of drag makeup. And they would do my makeup when it was quiet. And we'd do drag shows. And it was fabulous. So what happens is a man comes to the door. I answer the door. I take him into a private uh, room. And um, then I get the girls to come through and introduce themselves one by one, talk Mm -hmm. about their services, um, because all services vary slightly. And that's a private situation too. I specialise in bumming men who are not gay. Yeah, right, right, (laughs) exactly. So you would have done great. (laughs) I missed your call. Yeah, I could make you a lot of money. If you're this ever is, interested, this is this is the mm. moment Ellie changes career. Mm. Like, that's that's totally my tagline. I'm telling now, just to check, you're not gay because <laughs> you don't look gay, no. obviously. No. And I really don't want to, you know. Oh, no, thank you, sir. I, I, I don't think want... Vanessa is for I know. you. Yeah. Any poofters near my cock? Yes. <laughs> Say that to them. Um, yeah, and then what would happen? And then. Um, and then they'd book someone and they'd take them upstairs. And I had to wash the towels. Oh. <laughs> not only... You can cut this out if it's too gross. But no, not, no, no. Our, our listeners no, really, great. really love it. So not only did I have to wash the towels, which means obviously being careful where you pick them up and things like that, and just having a really good look at them. Tongs? Did you have tongs? No, it's a bit like that. But um, I had to, at the end of the night, empty the condom bins. No. Oh. So there's a bin in the corner of each room and the girls just put the used condoms in a plastic bag. Do you know what we used to use? Nappy bags. Oh, that's, oh, that's nice. nice. Yeah. Practical, yeah. Practical, yeah. So wrap them in a nappy bag and chuck them in the big bin. But then at the end of the night, I'd have to, like, and you have to push the air out. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, listener, if you're eating at the moment, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Perfect fodder for a comedy show. Yes. Did you, so if you're on your way to work right now, just think it could be worse. Yeah, it could exactly. be wherever exactly. you're headed. Yeah. So you went. So you went from brothel to stand up. Back to stand up. Back then, to stand up. So yeah. And then I thought that could probably be a good show. So I wrote the show and everyone loved it. And I came to Edinburgh and I did the Sydney Opera House for two weeks, I think, or three. That's amazing. It was. It That's was, like dream come It true. was amazing. It yeah. was really cool. And I remember when I, I hadn't spent much time in Sydney and they put me in a beautiful sort of apartment and I could see the Opera House when I opened the curtains in the morning. Oh, stop. But the first couple of days I wouldn't open the curtains because I was so scared of it. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to look at it. Mm. <laughs> I thought, oh, my too God. Soon. Too I soon. can't go over there and do this. This is ridiculous. But it was great. Yeah, yeah. It was good. And then how did you get into telly and radio and all that? It just kind of happens, I think, in Australia. You just, um, you get a go eventually, don't Mm, you? You you know, there's a sort of a great sense of justice about Australian comedy, I think. And Mm. when you've been around long enough and you've been good enough at stand-up, people go, bloody, get her in in here. She deserves it. At first, it didn't work at all. I was scared. No one knew who I was, so no one laughed at my jokes on TV. And I'll never forget being on a show with um, Will Anderson was hosting it. He's a great comedian. And twice, 
he just repeated what I said and he got the laugh. <gasps> and he even said to me later, he goes, I don't know, because he was young too. We were yeah. young and he was hosting, but he was already quite famous. And he said to me, I don't understand. I'm so sorry. I felt like they didn't hear you. But uh, moving into live television was really challenging. Initially, I, again, clammed up, was just too scared to be myself, you know, mm. and that took a lot of practice and daytime television. I started working on this daytime TV show, which is all those things, was cheesy and it was the circle the circle yeah <laughs> but it was great so is that a bit like loose women isn't it or is that... i think so i've yeah, not seen so it's like a, a women's panel where... yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and like we go from talking about a very serious issue like you know euthanasia to the kitchen where yeah. we're going to cook a stir fry you know <laughs> about right yeah. and feed your family for four dollars <laughs> so it's that you know so it was that but it was live yeah and it was auto cue and it just taught me a lot and then that just kind of cured me. But yeah, I was going to ask about because I, I I watch your show reel on YouTube today, and there's an amazing clip of you just talking about cheese to pink. Yeah, that, oh, that does I she mean, like what, what cheese does pink like? A Stilton, <laughs> I'm going to guess. I can't remember. I think it was more someone else's problem, wasn't it? Mm. And I was sort of trying to put it into context with pink for some reason. <laughs> Cheese. No, that's right. It's my love of cheese, yes. pink. That's yeah. right. But she's good fun. She plays yeah. along, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's fun. Even Kim Kardashian, I'll never forget my life seeing myself in a split screen with her, <laughs> and that is the cruelest thing you could ever do <laughs> to a woman. I mean, I'd been in hair and makeup for an hour and a half. I thought I looked okay until I saw myself on a screen next to her. <laughs> That's not fair. That's terrible. Oh, what was she like? What was she like? Oh, she's beautiful. Was she's she? very sweet. They're, they're very professional girls. Yeah. They know what they're doing, you know? And Kim, yeah, I remember good. when she came to Australia, because I still follow, she wore basically like a plastic sheath. She wore mm. like this pink plastic. I thought, how are you going to the toilet? And someone told me that the celebrities have catheters. No. Yeah. Yeah, so they so they don't so they don't go to the toilet, and it's all sort of sorted out. That's disgusting. Ain't it? I think it's practical. But as <laughs> oh. we mentioned before, I quite like a catheter. I'm not, would I'm you? Not, yeah, no. I don't mind a catheter. My father had a friend who got a catheter installed, and then he asked them if they would attach it to a bin bag so he could sit at the pub for longer. <laughs> He so, sounds like my people. He does. He really I like does. the cut of his yeah. um, So what's so what's next? You've done books. We'll get to the books in a minute. But you've done books and TV and all the stuff. What are you going to do now? I don't know. I'm excited. Space travel. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited <laughs> to be in London. Like this is actually a dream come true for me. You know, to be sort of working here. Not really working. If the immigration people are listening, it's not really. I'm not making any money here. But I mean, just to we be, are not paying. No. Them. Promoting a book in London is a big deal yeah. for me. That's well, you have flown deal. here specifically to be on Women's Hour. So, yes, yes. by the way, we should say I'm Jenny Murray. That's Jane Garvey. Thank you yes. for coming Hello. here. Hello. Yeah. Um, yes. I know the BBC looks a bit different, perhaps, than you thought. <laughs> with all the children's toys. And yeah. yeah. And the hand drawn sign over yeah. the door. It and I think like... you it was in a domestic house in Catford. But <laughs> here we are. It looks uh, a lot more like location, location, location <laughs> than I expected it to. But I like it. I know. But honestly, I'd love to just keep writing. The older I get, the more I enjoy solitary pursuits. Mm. Yeah. You know? Things I can do at home while my children are at school. I love writing books. and But, yeah, if I could come here more times, I think that would be really fun. It's very nourishing, London. And, I, and it's weird mm. still because I grew up in, like, a tiny country town in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And I still pinch myself when I, like, yes. see, like, the Tower of London. I, Ellie, Ellie gets so sick of me. I, like, I'll be at, like, Paddington Station. I go, Paddington. She's like, shut up. <laughs> I know. Shut up. He's shut a up. fictional bear. <laughs> Driving here, I was looking in everyone's windows with their lights on thinking, ooh, you live in Brixton. 
Kristen. Oh, oh, that's so wonderful. Oh, lovely, lovely. Oh, I mean, I take the piss, but fuck me. If, if I, if you ever took me to Ramsey Street, I would just oh, fall over. I just you? explode. Oh. The waterhole. Get down ah. Lassiter's. Have a pint in Lassiter's. <laughs> fucking explode. I'd absolutely oh, explode. What? Well, let's do book chat then. Yes, let's, let's do book chat. Yes. Michelle, tell us about your books. <laughs> okay, I have two, I believe, on sale for the good people of the yes, UK. Yes, I checked Amazon. They can Wonderful. purchase both. Both Buddhist based. Now, don't freak out because okay. all it is about is about me going, okay, this is a crisis in my life. I love Buddhism. I'm going to go and find the Buddhist teachings that pertain to that and put them together in a very Western, easy to read way. Mm. So, and using my shit life as an example of how you can (laughs) apply it. So, um, the first one is Buddhism for breakups. My husband and I broke up after 19 years together, but very friendly. Mm. Still some occasional benefits, but look, we'll keep that under our hats. (laughs) Under something. What was was the catalyst for the breakup then? What was the... What was it? Um, 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 I just, just unhappiness, basically. But, you know, the the big teaching in that book is um, that everything's changing all the time. We are changing every rock, every mountain, every river, every person. We are changing all the time. And so oftentimes in relationships, you know, we look at our partner and we accuse them of not being the person we married. Well, of course they're not. Mm. And so it's really difficult to keep up with the person that they are becoming every day, day after day. And parenting was really hard for us. We'd been together for 11 years. We went through IVF and had twins. And, oh, my God, I just saw a different side. We saw a different side of each other. Yeah. I'm a really loose parent. Um and he is the kind of person, he moved heavy pieces of furniture in front of every electrical outlet in our house. He's terrified for the children. He's so he's so panic-stricken he for sounds them. dreamy. <laughs> Tell me again why you split up. Oh, my God. And I am just loosey-goosey, you know, so like, you'll be fine. You're bleeding, man. People bleed. Shut up, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that caused a lot of fights with us. So that was the big teaching that came out of that one. Um, and yeah. have you done lots of talk about breakups and have you – is that has that been one of the things people have come to you, or you you felt you can talk about now? Yeah, but definitely you're on the other side of it. Well, and writing the book was the therapy for me. Like yeah. writing the book, I didn't know all that stuff before I wrote it, so I was just in a mess. And uh, so I found lots of books about how to stay together, but none about how to break up. Mm. So I went and found the teachings, and through that we broke up really nicely. So you, were you into Buddhism before the breakup, yeah. before all this stuff happened? So you yeah. sort of knew a bit about yeah, it. Yeah, I've been into Buddhism for about 12 years. That was more career, career mm-hmm. stuff initially. I was feeling all those emotions, you know, jealousy. <laughs> and so um, that's why I got into it originally, to help me sort out my emotions. But when our marriage was breaking down, I deliberately kind of didn't go into Buddhism because I knew what it would tell me <laughs> and I didn't want to hear it. Really? What what was it? What would it tell you? It would tell me to let it go, right. basically, and I didn't want to hear that for a long time. So it took me a long time until it was absolutely sort of beyond repair to go to Buddhism for help. I'm swearing because of the wine. <laughs> Buddhism for help. Buddhism. And I got the help. And yeah. yeah. Impermanence is the name of that teaching, by the way. If you don't want to buy the book and just Google it, I'm happy for you to do that. Because I, because I, you, you had a, like a trial separation with your. I partner. know, and I was so desperately worried about being alone. I said, "Come home, come home." Yeah. And he was like, "Really?" And I go, "Yeah." And then he came home, and it was 
still shit. So you're like, okay, okay, we're we actually going to do this. Yeah, yeah and, and and saving my crying for night time when the kids were in bed. Oh, things, no. oh, it was horrible. My kids were three at that stage, three years old. So I'm just having another sip of wine. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, so but but you came now. out the other end with the help of what was sort of the most helpful thing in in in, in the Buddhist arena. Yes, I love the arena. So for both career and relationship and honestly, everything in my life, the biggest thing for me is controlling my emotions. I'm an emotional person, I guess. I don't know if I'm more so than most people, but um, disciplining my emotions, that's a big core tenet of Buddhism. So saying to myself, you know what? No one makes me happy or makes me unhappy. Those are my reactions to things and I can control those. Mm -hmm. So when I decide to be angry at something then I go out in the world angry and I interact with people angrily and I create more problems for myself and I get angrier Mm. but when I decide you know what that's a shit thing but I'm not going to be angry and I just let it go that fast and go out into the world not angry. I have just have a better day. And but I, don't you have ever ever moments where something has just really fucked you off? Can you really turn it on and off like that? It, sometimes it takes some time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but through the process, it's called a practice for a reason, you know. It takes a while. Through the pro- process, I learned to take a moment, talk myself down, have a deep breath. Sometimes it takes a while because I really want to be yeah. an asshole sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I want to yell and scream and it feels great and I'm a big swearer and I want to swear uh, and I do swear but I mean I just try and get over it as quickly as possible and not inflict it on anybody else mm. and then just go back about my life. I mean shit happens. The first thing that happened to me in London was I left my phone in the taxi from the airport, you know, and I was just like, yeah, and I was just like, Oh man, like I'm just not gonna panic about that. It's just no one died. Yeah. It's just a bit of a shit thing. I can fix well, it. Well, you wouldn't know someone had because you haven't got your phone. Exactly, but I thought it's fixable. <laughs> Whereas, you know, in the past, I probably would have screamed blue murder and cried, maybe panicked. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sure enough, the lovely man bought my phone back, so it was fine. But you can choose how you react to things. That's mm. the big teaching for me in Buddhism. So, and then, yeah. So, so tell the, us about this this book, Buddhism for the Unbelievably Busy. This one's sort of harder in a way because this one I had to really confront my ego and go, oh, God, I'm so busy. Oh, sorry, I'm late. I'm so busy. I'm sorry I missed it. I'm so busy. And then people around me start saying, I know you're really busy. Don't worry about it. And it becomes this wonderful identity that you're so important because you're the busiest person. And even my children, you know what I'd say to them, hey, come over here, Louie, give me a cuddle. He'd go, oh, too busy. I'm like, oh, no, where does he get that from? Yeah. So uh, I decided, firstly, I didn't want to be unbelievably busy anymore because it's shit. I was really Mm. depressed and tired and worried that, oh, my kids are growing up so quickly and I'm not really, you know, spending that time with them. I missed a lot of um, first days at school, school concerts, missed a lot of that. It's too busy. You know, I had to sit down and think, okay, why am I so busy all the time? Is all of this stuff really necessary? And it's really not. It's mm. really just a lot of kind of ego boosting stuff mm. on one in sort of there's a category that's just stuff that makes me feel good about myself because when I go there and do that thing, people will flatter me. Mm. There's part of me that's that goes and does these things because there's a lot of money because I have these huge financial goals that are really 
when I think about them, kind of pointless. Do my children have to be millionaires by the time they're 20? Probably not. Probably not. They'll probably just waste it all on a fucking quinoa bar or something, (laughs) you know, and still be like, no one gave me money when I was 18 or whatever. No one bought me a car. No one bought me a house. But here I am working thinking, no, I'm going to amass this fortune for my children, you know, Um, but, but never seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the process of going through and going, oh, I'm not actually unbelievably busy because I'm really important and talented. That They're not actually the reasons. Mm. The reasons are that I chase those things. Yes. Yeah. I read something similar and, yeah, saying you, you choose to be busy. Yeah. My friend Susan says uh, to her husband, Waleed, she goes, when you say yes to them, you're saying no to us. Mm. Isn't that clear? Isn't that great? Mm, yeah. And then I picture her and their kids at home without him, and I go, oh, wow. Sad emoji. <laughs> yes, sad emoji. <laughs> so, so- Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So what's your process now? When someone asks you to do a thing, you're like, well, uh, you know... Is it in Catford? Will they give me free nuts? Yeah. I'm trying to think what brought you here. (laughs) Maybe it is. Well, I'm here because um, I want to keep writing. And so I need to sell a lot of books to be able to do that, honestly. So I thought, oh, wow, if I can sell a lot of books in England, I'll probably be able to afford to keep writing at home. Yeah. You know, and be home when the kids come home from school and work while they're away. So that's why I'm here in Catford. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you got better at saying no? Because I think sometimes it's quite hard to Mm. say. Well, there's a few things about that. Firstly, your friends will understand. That took me a long time to to, to understand that myself and to stop lying to my friends to get out of things. Like I realized I can say to them, I'm so sorry. I just, I will have been away. I need to be at home with the kids that night. I just am too tired. I need to be able to be honest with my friends. And most of my friends are in the same boat and they go, babe, I get it. Mm. So being honest with your friends helps. Um, Now I ask very clearly what's in it for me. And it's not meant to be a mercenary thing because it's not always money. But I sometimes you realize there's actually nothing in this for me. Why am yeah. I driving across town yeah. on a Sunday night? There's no money. There's no friends there. There's no nuts. 
Why, <laughs> I mean, why am I doing this? You know, I'm practically giving myself away for free, yeah. right? Yeah. Because someone asked me, and I don't like to say no. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm doing this. And rather than just cancel on the night and lie about sick kids, yeah, you know, I've learned to just take a moment, and that feels not, better. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the initial kind of sting. You're like. Yeah. All I want to do is please what you want that hit. Yeah. You get those amazing sort of endorphins or whatever it is. The dopamine's going, I'm I'm being a really good person right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am so, I am that guy that can give to everybody. Yeah. But really the the ramifications or the kind of the ripple effect is that you just feel shit and you just you the, the plates that you're spinning start to crash. Yeah. And yeah. self care is a real thing and it's yeah. a really important thing. Mm. You know, there's a saying, um, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. So you need to be able to fill yourself up so you can help mm. others You're but there's a lot of pressure on us to be all things to all people to be uh having it all you know there's a lot of backlash against that at the moment and i do think you know you probably i, I think i have had it all honestly but you probably can't have it all at once mm. you know like i've certainly had a great career uh i've got my twins i had a great marriage um and i ha- am optimistic about the future so i think i have had it all uh, I never thought of it like that before. Yeah, you can have it all, just not all at the yeah. same time. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yes. Have it all. I feel so fucking zen. I can't <laughs> even begin. I always like to reduce um, months and months of hard work by guests to like a tiny sort of, you know, <laughs> yep. shallow li- limerick almost, yes. Michelle. What would be your one nugget of wisdom to give someone who's like, right, I, I'm going to buy your book. Obviously, I'm going to read uh, Buddhism for the Unbelievably Busy. Uh-huh. But in the meantime, what's the one thing I can do right now to feel better about feeling mental with my life uh think about really it's going to take your time and you need some quiet and that's really hard to get as well um why why are you doing everything like literally maybe make a list i'm really busy because i've got this job and that job and i'm driving the children to all these activities and doing all these things make a list of them and then go why Mm. why am i doing that okay why am i doing that why am I doing that? And I think that's what I did. I just went through the list and realized that there were things on there that just didn't make sense mm. anymore. Why am I doing him? Oh, right. Exactly. Get rid. Cause the no. other thing I realized was there was a big part of me that was still working on like this, like list of things I drew up when I was about 20, Yeah, you know, like you should be on every TV show in Australia, mm. you know? And then I go, Why? Yeah. It's actually just a really long, boring day Mm. and it's not very much money and no one's going to see this show. (laughs) You know, so why am I... What is the end game? What what are you you actually getting out of this? When I was 20, there there were reasons to Mm. be... So it's, again, re-evaluating that list that you've got in your mind that you're working to to check off and you're working so diligently. Does it still make sense for you? Because you've changed. Mm. This is, you know, back to... to, uh, how we're all changing all the yeah. time. Who are you right now? I am someone who likes a pair of slippers and a scented candle. Wonderful. You know what I mean? So fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Fuck you, Vegas. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there one Good day. Good stuff. Really. I couldn't will. think of anything worse than Vegas. Oh no, that's our dream. I really, it. it is. I love it. Come on, you like RuPaul's Drag Race? I How do like RuPaul's. I like the watching it. And the, yeah, know. in my slippers at home with yeah. a scented candle. <laughs> I want to go there. How awful. 
<laughs> oh, lovely oh. stuff. Now, I believe you've got a game for us, Helen. I have, I have. Now, regular listeners of the podcast will be familiar with the game Anything for Money. Wonderful. And so what we're going to do is an Australian version of this. Oh, great. Okay. Okay, so Michelle, what we've got is we've got a bag of names, we've got a bag of sex acts, and we've got a quantity of money. Wow. Okay. And I know. I mean, I mean, I, I, after doing this, I realised you worked in a brothel, and it's probably slightly insulting. But anyway, no. I mean, I can I can assist <laughs> others in doing things for money, but I'm yeah. not. You know, I've never partaken myself. All right. Okay, well, let's well, find out if you would. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So can you I go just first? say I'll... I don't. I never know who you know or what you know about Australia and England. I always think, are we some weird kind of outpost like Iceland to you guys? Are we like some place that's like could be another planet that? Well, no, because you we know have neighbours and home and away. That's okay. basically our entire and the knowledge. Is basically, <laughs> and the Minogues. Yes. It's basically the Minogues and Stefan Dennis. We just imagine you're, you all sort Dennis. of look like him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan Dennis and I share the same birthday. Ellie is so thrilled. So, ironically, him. a lot of Australians don't know who he is. <laughs> So strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's, wonderful. He's so big here. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to kind of delve in. All right, John Farnham. Wow, do you know who that is? Yes. John Farnham and a. Would I let John Farnham come in my hair for? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> we can oh, finish the game now for two dollars fifty. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're the voice. Yeah. I'm quite surprised at that because you don't like mess. She doesn't I don't like, like mess, mess everywhere. No, but he's such a lovely man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a lovely man, isn't he? You'd just be like, finish off, John. Yeah, you do it. So who's this? Oh my goodness, Shane Warne. Oh, nice. yes. Yes. Okay. Mm. Have you? He's have you lovely. met him in real life? Oh, we've had we've had dealings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he likes me very much because I make a lot of jokes about him. <laughs> <laughs> Not flattering. Oh, anal. <laughs> Warning. <laughs> on this side, You Warn. cheeky bugger. Is Michelle the oh. receiver, presumably? Oh, well, that's a really good question, actually. Yeah. For how much? 72 Australian dollars? Yeah, I've got it in our money, Michelle. Um, Would you do anal with Shane Oh, no. look, it depends. I'm not against a favour for a mate. Like <laughs> but <laughs> it depends on how nicely he asks. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Anything yes. for money. Yeah. Good on you, Go down under, Ellie. Also, <laughs> yes. it's sort of nice to think you've been where Liz Hurley's been, isn't it? Yeah, that's nice. There's something Dipped nice about that. Something shared. Yeah. Okay, I've got. <laughs> now, got <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. Now, the act is rim job. Oh. Ooh. Am I performing it or am yes, I just you, you're, it? you're doing it. You're doing the licking. For 24,000 Australian dollars. Oh. Yes. Oh, what's that, 50 quid? Yeah, pretty much. How much? How much couple is that? A couple of That's like 10, sandwiches. 10,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So for 10,000 pounds, would I perform a rim job on Kylie Minogue? Of course I would. Oh, oh so many sandwiches <laughs> of Pret-a-Manger. Anything for money. Anything oh, for money. Kylie, and she yes, eat clean. She, she would eat so clean. Yes. Yes. She will have bleached so bleached it. It would count as one of your five a day. Oh, yes, it would. It would. That's oh, fabulous. so nice. Oh, oh. Jermaine Greer. Oh, oh yes. Tit wank. Tit rubbing, I think. Oh, God. They'd Do you be actually angry. know what a tit wank is? Yes, because when, when they put the penis between yeah. your boobs and you and then he goes up and down until So he... you've got to put Jermaine's angry penis. <laughs> <laughs> She's always angry. So angry. So mad. So angry. Why so angry, Jermaine? <laughs> 
Uh, she needs Jermaine, a good tit wank. <laughs> yeah. For $22, yes, please. Would you do that? Yeah, why not? Oh, it's nice. a good dinner party story. It though. really <laughs> is. Yeah. Did you tit wank Jermaine Greer? <laughs> yes, I did. Harold Bishop from oh. Neighbours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Blowjob? I'm giving him a blowjob. Yes, presumably. presumably. $2,151. Oh. So what's that, about a grand? About a grand. No. No, no. not enough. No. Not for a lovely old fella. You know, we were talking earlier about saying no to things and yes. asking what's in it for you. <laughs> what's in it for me? Give me... Yeah. Is it Ian Smith, the actor's name? Yeah. yeah. His name? He was What's very fond of a, a um, leather jacket, Ian Smith. Yeah. Whenever the Logies came around. Now, Logies are like the BAFTAs. He would be, he would wear kind of kind of you know are they like the Baptists? That's being very generous. Yeah. My my ex husband once screamed Harold into his face at a supermarket. <laughs> Still, but he lives for that. Oh, he looked like he really loved it. Uh, yeah. Should we have one more round? Yeah, one more round. Round. Right, right, right. right. So I have Peter Andre. Oh, oh lovely national hero. Good he start. is hand job. I mean, yeah. that's neat. I mean, that's yeah. that. Everyone can do that. And for a hundred and four dollars. Yeah, would. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. problem. I'm no mysterious girl. Yeah, oh, this is fine. Oh yes. Hello, Peter. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Thank you for your wonderful service. <laughs> Two hundred years of culture, and you're the pinnacle. Yes. <laughs> this is not one. Jordan was crazy. I'd slip in. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, this is interesting. Okay. Because this person's actually a friend of mine. Oh, dear. Oh. Adam Hills. Oh, no. Would I drink his weed? (laughs) (laughs) For a million dollars. Yeah, you would. Hillsy, I'm going to say damn straight I would. (laughs) Somebody phone Adam Hills. She knows him. (laughs) Damn straight, babe. Tell him to get a Pyrex jug and a rip and a saw. Yeah, no problem. Again, a very clean living fellow. And I know his wife. She wouldn't mind a bit. Hi, Ali, if you're listening. Yeah. Do you know, right. I, there's few people whose wee I wouldn't drink for, like, the best part of a milk. Like, what is that, 500? That's, 500? That, that's a house. That's oh, a house. You could oh buy a house with that. Yeah. Wee sterile. That's I what Nurse Jessie says. Let's see. Oh, I do so. like him. I'm a fan of this man. Oh, right. So let's see. For 148 Australian dollars. Oh, yes. heaps. Would I lick the frosty nips <laughs> of Paul Hogan? Oh, <laughs> Well, the fun thing about those is they're now located behind his ears. <laughs> so he doesn't have to even get no, undressed. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Game. Oh, oh, good stuff. Now, okay. we do like to round off, Michelle, with a scummy mummy confession. Have you got one you would like to share with us? Okay, I'm going done? to put my friend, my bestie Donna, in on this one. But she <laughs> and I are both guilty. We were once at a play centre, you know, and um, we were there with her youngest child, Joseph, uh, who was crawling at the time. And she and I were sitting on some kind of structure near him. We could see him. And, uh, and she, and I said to her, is he chewing something? And she said, I don't know. And then we got back to our conversation and I I hold us both responsible for this because Mm -hmm. then another mother came over, uh, with a bandaid that he had been chewing. Ah! And I said to Donna, I said, was he by any chance wearing a bandaid when you got here? And she said, no. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty scummy. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah. a delicious. That's a lovely that? one. Oh, super happy. 
Now we have a listener confession from Tanya Wilman. Hello, Tanya. Um, she sent us a picture. So we'll just create this, which was nice. We'll put it on the Instagram probably. Um, so she says, Hi, Helen and Ellie. My daughter started school last year in Australia. In the early days, while learning to read and write, they created several books where the teacher filled in the words and they drew pictures. The first one was, I like... I like sushi. I like Lego. I like sushi. That's fancy. That's, oh, that's, that's a very Australian that's thing. thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Imagine my horror when she brought home. I went to the and the first page was I went to the pub. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love it. Thank you, Tanya. I love that. That's, that's very very Aussie as well. We do. That this... reminds me of my daughter did a drawing the other day of her whole family, and for some reason she drew her father on the toilet screaming. <laughs> What is that? And I, I said to her, why? She goes, I just thought it would be funny, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But it's like, what teachers must think? Yeah. <laughs> why is he screaming? That oh poor, poor God. man. That reminds me of and one of my favourite confessions at one of our shows recently. This little girl, the teacher said to this little girl, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the little girl said, oh, um, I want to be a lesbian. <laughs> and the teacher said, oh, oh, oh okay, what, why is that then? And the little girl said, well, because my mummy said, if I don't want to be disappointed, be a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think it won, didn't it? It yeah, won that one. Yeah. My lady yes. won the night. She was the queen of scum that night. So yeah, well in done Cambridge. Well done. Yeah. It was an amazing night. My favourite. Yeah. Good. Well, I think that's about it, Thorne. I think it is. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Yes, thank you so for choosing us. Thank oh, you for no, coming all you. the way from Australia just to tell us, you know, what you would do to Shane Warne for money. <laughs> Yeah. Where are we again? Yeah, Catford. Catford, yes, thank you. It's been wonderful being in Catford. Yes. Yeah. You're the first person who's ever said that. God bless you. <coughs> and your books are out now, the new one, Buddhism for the, for the Unbelievably Busy and Buddhism for Breakups. Lovely stuff. And, I mean, there's a true crime podcast, so you can have it all, really. Down- and you've had mi- literally millions of downloads on it. Two million. Two million. Yeah. People oh. love crime. Don't they? They want. The, yeah. They do want the gossip. And um, the Nitty Gritty podcast, Nitty Gritty committee that... Um, um, uh, Michelle does is excellent. My uh, absolute favourite was one with Adam Richard, which made me wet my pants. Oh, literally. thank you. That's excellent. just interesting people, that one. Yeah, and the Rachel Berger episode, do not miss. You, oh, everybody, great. Everyone has to listen to that. When your parents are Holocaust survivors. Yeah. Interesting, it's, isn't it? You know, it's, it's cheery. <laughs> well, she's a comedian, yeah. so she makes it cheery. She makes it amazing. But yeah, so, it's an amazing yeah. story. Yeah. It's a great mm. show. So, yes, do all of Michelle. And while you're there on the internet... Why not buy our book, Ellie yes. Gibson? Yes. It's still in print. Uh, Scummy Mummies out now. Uh, and if you like our podcast, please rate, review and subscribe. That's it. And we're going to be touring all over the fucking country, aren't we? We're even going to Belfast, Ellie. <sighs> so it would seem. Yes, yeah. in May. So uh, anyway, check scummymummies.com for all our tour dates. Uh, well, that's it. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Oh, I go, like Rusty. Rusty. Go. Okay. Oh, finger his bum. Oh, <laughs> finger in Russell Crowe's bum. Well, Ooh. I'm already going to say that unlike Kylie, I don't trust him to eat clean. So <laughs> I don't know what you'd find. For a dollar eighty-five, no way, Rusty. No <laughs> way. Duck no, down. No deal. Oh, no, it's... because you would have eaten Italian or something like <laughs> heavy. He'll be no. so disappointed, and he's here tonight. No, oh, Russell, sorry, so sorry. <laughs> sorry <Russell. laughs>
no go no she said no Russell she said no no not for a dollar f- 85. No. You can't get anything for $1.85 in Melbourne. No. Not these days, no. no. You used to be able to get a crunchy for that, but Yeah, no. not even a chomp. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.